0: Be sure to join me for the conversation I'm having offline at Miss Charm School on Instagram or at Sunday Travels. Charmers, I would like to thank you for continuously spreading the word about Miss Charm School podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you around the globe for liking this podcast, sharing this podcast, and commenting. It's been amazing to see your comments across the podcast sphere and your positive remarks and reviews of this space that we share together. And I just want to thank you for helping me spread the word and getting out this wonderful message to other men and women around the world. Thank you. Hey Charmers, hey Charmers, welcome in to another episode of Ms. Charm School Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Sunday Eli. I appreciate you for showing up today, showing up for yourself today. Go ahead and give yourself a round of applause. Today we're being clamorous. I normally ask you to take a couple of deep breaths and get grounded and get still but today we're breaking the mold a little bit and we're getting clamorous. We're getting loud. Yes. Go ahead and clap for yourself. Smile for yourself. Throw your hands up in the air like a victory stance in a V and just feel that energy, feel that energy, feel that power coming over you. Yes, 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 yes. It's one of those days today. All right. It's one of those days today. I'm so happy that you showed up for yourself today. Gave yourself a round of applause. And those of you who are coming back into the space, you know the drill. I hope you have your libations, your water, something stronger if you need it. <laughs> and come on in, come on in. You know the drill. Kick off your shoes and relax your feet. Come on in, come on in, come on in, come on in. And for those of you who are new, welcome. Welcome to Miss Charm School Podcast. Miss Charm School Podcast is for women. Who are modern boss babes looking to re-engage their feminine energy, their spirituality, and their sensuality. Yes. Another way I like to describe this podcast is that Miss Charmsco podcast is for women who are in transition. In transition out of their womanhood, which is really your me season, into their queendom. Now, what does that mean? I like to describe womanhood as your space and time in life where it's really about you. Your decisions only really impact and affect yourself. But when you get elevated into your queendom, which I believe is God appointed because I believe all promotion comes from the Lord, your queendom is really when your decisions impact the lives of others. Think of a queen sitting on her throne, how she carries herself matters, her words have an impact on her subjects, the people in her court, the people under her uh, leadership of her kingdom, right? Right. And so queendom can manifest in multiple different ways. It can manifest in promotion of from girlfriend to fiance, fiance to wife. It could manifest in promotion in your career and on your job or being entrepreneurial, starting your own business. It can manifest in many different ways, being a caretaker for a loved one or being a mother. Yes, it can manifest in many different ways. So queendom can be just dis- dis- Disposed. I don't even know if that's the right word, but queendom can basically happen for you in many different facets of your life, right? But as queens, we want to be excellent queens. We want to be queens who engage our feminine energy, our spirituality, and our sensuality because we want to rule in excellence. Yes. And so Miss Charms Go podcast is a space where like-minded women and men, for some reason, show up and have these wonderful conversations that edify our lives, that encourage us, that inspire us, that provide insights and wisdom and tips on how to be in our season of queendom and excellence. So welcome. Welcome into this space. And for the men listening, um, you're welcome here to eavesdrop eavesdrop on our conversation as ladies. And some of you may be raising daughters or want to just know deeper inside a woman's brain or just enjoy being in this space. I don't know, listening to my voice, who knows, (laughs) but you're welcome here. This is a safe space for all. So thank you for showing up. In today's episode, I want to talk about the mother wound. Now there's so many different ways that this conversation can go but I'm going to open up this conversation by sharing a bit of revelation that came to me while sitting in my sacred space with God around the mother wound. And I was inspired to really research this and look it up and start studying it and start sitting with myself and asking myself these questions. There are some people that believe your finances can be linked to your relationship with your mother now just walk with me in this okay you may not agree you may agree you may have no opinion but just let's walk through this together but there are some people that believe finances money can feel like a form of nurturing you know finances uh, currency helps you live your life afford your life how you manage it how you budget it how you give it away, how you hoard it, all of those different things. So there's some people that relate the energy of money to that of nurturing. And so who was the first person that nurtured you? The person whose womb you were held in. And so a lot of people relate the energy of money and your relationship with money to that of your relationship with your mother. And I hope I explained that well because your mother was your first nurturer. And so whether that was lacking, whether that was interrupted, whether that was great, whatever that relationship was like, there are people who really challenge you to open up the examining of your relationship with your mother to better understand your relationship with finances. So I was having some financial strain, okay, and... (laughs) really feeling the pressure of a couple of different things. And so I, the idea popped back into my brain about this relationship of finances and nurturing and the mother wound. And so I started doing some research on the mother wound and started looking at some stuff And it's interesting, so that's how I got started. Just explaining to you a little background of how I got started looking at the mother wound and the topic of people you know, bringing up different issues that you can have in your life around your mother wound and how important it is to heal that or to begin the process of exploring healing around that. And I listened to one video on YouTube, and forgive me, I don't remember the woman's name, but uh, she, I believe, is a coach that helps walk other women through healing. And one of the areas, I guess, that she really specializes in or focuses on for a lot of women is the mother wound. And so she explained that specifically as a woman of color, a black woman in the United States of America, we often under look at our relationship with our mothers as an area that needs healing. Because for most African-American women, Having anything that sounds like a negative critique or anything that is a critique at all around the mother is something that is highly discouraged, frowned upon, you know, just kind of scolded as like you don't do. And so oftentimes when it comes to the relationship with a mother, people, it can be underdeveloped in the area of healing unless you had like a very damaged relationship with the mother and you just openly know that okay this area needs healing because either my mother wasn't there you know whatever those things may be but for those that had their mother in their life like I did she was just really encouraging us to really look and examine because oftentimes it's an area that we just sort of overlook because nobody wants to say anything bad about your mother like in black families in particular you don't talk bad about your mother and that may be not just black families, that may be Latina families as well. That may be, um, all different kinds of Asian families. I don't know. I've never been in any of those family situations, so I'm not sure, but perhaps it's not just unique to black families, but unique to multiple different families. You just don't talk bad about anybody's mom, let alone your mother. And so, um, I knew I was having some financial problems and strains or whatever, and I started saying, okay, like, let's deal with this because it's coming up for a reason. And instead of trying to, you know, subdue the anxiety or subdue the whatever's coming up, let's sit with it and try to journal and sit with God and ask God some questions like, what is the area for me to lean into for healing in this area? And the word nurturing is the word that I really wanna focus on for this episode. (sighs) And again, y'all, gonna get real, gonna get raw, opening up my life fully. And just know that this takes courage because I absolutely love my mother. I think she's an excellent mother and my mother does everything within her power to be an excellent provider for myself and uh, my sibling. And it's very affectionate and, you know, hugs and loves and all those things. But if I'm honest, and I've mentioned this before, but in the book, The Love Lies by Debrina Jackson-Gandy, who we've had the pleasure of, or who I've had the pleasure of introducing to you all as a guest on this show. In her book, The Love Lies, she has a section near the end of the book around the five-step forgiveness process. And I've talked about that in this podcast, the five-step forgiveness process is actually an episode. You can listen to it and walk yourself through the process. And one of the areas she has you deal with is with your mother. And it's an exercise she encourages you to um, go back to multiple times as you read the book. And I have been doing that. And so as this came up and I started thinking about my financial um, strains that I was feeling and I started thinking about the mother wound and I started watching some YouTube videos and sitting with God and kind of writing some questions down. It came to my heart to revisit the five-step forgiveness process. And so I redid the one specifically for the mother. And as I was walking myself through the exercise, towards the end of that exercise, it says, what are the areas that you yearned most for from your mother? And I started writing those things down. And lo and behold, one of the words that came up for me was nurturing, support, verbal affirmation, verbal support, and support also in terms of celebration and like a cheerleader for uh, my accomplishments and just who I am as a woman and being understood were areas that I really yearned for. um, Yeah, being understood, being listened to, you know, being verbally supported, being supported in terms of being understood and being supported in terms of celebration and being a cheerleader and just like my biggest supporter, biggest fan. And I sat with that and I started looking at it and say, okay, these are the areas that I've yearned for the most from my mother And my mother is a great mom, literally, okay? So again, just that's why I made a point of saying like, sometimes it can be challenging to do this because I don't want to say anything bad about my mother. Obviously love her, you know? And at times she has been my best friend. So there's that. But there were areas and are areas still to this day that I at times yearn for from her, like yearn her approval, yearn for her, approval of understanding of decisions that I make and choices that I make and yearn for her celebration and support of who I am as a woman and yearn for her being my biggest fan and cheerleader and like my daughter is it you know what I mean like beautiful and smart and intelligent and yearn for her verbal affirmation you know and her applause at times and The example for the five-step forgiveness process says in the area that you yearn for from your parents the most, those words, those are the things that you are to give to yourself. And I will even further that and say that those are the things to give to the big Sunday should give to the little Sunday in me. I need to be my biggest fan and my biggest supporter. I need to nurture myself. I need to nurture myself in the areas of verbal support and verbal affirmation and clapping for myself and celebrating myself. So these are things that I sat with and I said, okay. (laughs) And so then I started thinking about, okay, well, how can I do that? Or how does that relate then to money? And I had a aha moment. <laughs> money, oftentimes, and finances for me, has felt unsupporting. It's always been there. It's always been in my life. It's always been around, you know, but it's often felt like, you know, money didn't, let's, I'll say it like this, and I hope that you can I decree and declare in Jesus's name that you'll be able to understand what it is that I'm saying the way that I'm about to break it down right now. Money has often felt to me unsupportive. It has 100% felt unsupportive in the areas of my dreams and my aspirations. Money has 100% made me feel, uh, left me feeling that it didn't understand the things that were important to me or that I didn't have money for the things that were important to me. And I've also often felt that money has not shown up in my life in ways that celebrate me or champion me or you know, money hasn't really followed the areas of my life that I've been most proud of or the things that I've tried to pursue that have been important to my heart have often been areas that have been not profitable financially as of yet for me. And the things that have been profitable for me financially have been areas where I've worked really 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 hard but then felt undervalued or underpaid or misunderstood or not appreciated for my worth, not affirmed. But you going to work hard, <laughs> but we're going to underpay you and not acknowledge you for the work that you're doing and um, take you for granted and actually never say thank you for all that you do and what you build and how you contribute, you know, there's just an expectation that that's what you're supposed to be doing. Um, there was also one of the videos I watched about the motherhood wound. The woman so eloquently explained the good girl complex that if you do everything right, then you'll win the favor and approval of your mother. Woo. And I resonate with that so well. And so specifically relating that to money, if I go to all the right schools and if I put my head down and work hard and I have the utmost level of integrity and I operate with a pure heart and I'm obedient and this and that, then it's going to pay off for me. And I'm going to get the approval of the nurturer, the nurturer that I've so craved to have their approval of. And in this case, let's replace nurturing with money. And I'll give you an example. So one time I was in graduate school and I got a wonderful post-grad opportunity to work at NBC Sports Group in right outside of New York City, New York, New York in Connecticut. And Dream Company wanted to stay there, wanted to work there for long term. You know, um, you many of you know, my background is in sports journalism. And so I was so excited about being there. At the time, I wanted to be the Raiders team reporter and I wanted to go to NBC Bay Area, NBC Sports Group Bay Area and be the Raiders reporter. Lo and behold, the Raiders ended up moving to Las Vegas. <laughs> and so my dream changed a little bit. I even ended up like, oh, they moved to Las Vegas. I need to get a sports reporter job in Vegas. I did land a job in Las Vegas in a local news station with the number one news station in Las Vegas. And I came in as a new media producer um, was told that my image and likeness would be used for YouTube and different projects they wanted to create. And I'm like, awesome. Yes, this is perfect. The Raiders are going to be playing here. Like just everything that I wanted began to open up from NBC to being the Raiders team reporter, just like things were starting to fall in line. And while I was at um, NBC, it was like during the summer before I graduated with my master's degree And while I was there, we had our summer graduation for the master's program and I did not go. I chose not to fly back to participate in the graduation because I literally told myself if I put my head down and work hard, you know, I'm going to, they're going to offer me a job and, you know, it's going to be worth it. This is a small sacrifice to make now and, you know, I'll gain it back later because I'm going to be this reporter that I've always dreamed of. Well, (laughs) I I did kind of get a job offer um, and it wasn't anything that I wanted. So I ended up turning it down and end up going to Las Vegas. And one thing that I definitely regret and I'm prayerful that God will mark my words in Jesus name, give me back that moment of being able to walk across that stage and have that moment with my master's degree. I regret that I did not celebrate that moment. I'm hopeful that God's gonna give me back that moment so I'm not bittersweet about it anymore, but it's an area that, that's something that I should have done for myself. That at the time, I was like, if I deny myself and if I'm a good girl and I put my head down, I work hard, then you know I'm gonna win the favor and approval and I'm gonna get what I want. Well, some of that was the motherhood womb playing out full blown that if i do what i'm told and work hard and put my head down then you know i'm going to win the favor and approval of whoever money my boss my mom etc and so i started sitting with these things and i started looking at them and i was journaling and writing everything down and i realized that these areas that I craved as a young girl, the areas that I yearned for, for approval from my mother, they are wounds that I have carried that are simply not serving me. And the woman went on to explain that sometimes a mother wound can manifest as a people pleaser, you know, trying to win people's approval, just so many different things. I, I will have to, maybe in the description of this episode, try to find this woman's episode and link it or, you know, at least give you the name so you can watch it for yourself. And I will make a mental note to do that. And if I don't, hit me up at Sunday Eli, I mean, at uh, Sunday Travels or Miss Charm School on Instagram and remind me to do so, okay? <laughs> yes, so... I started sitting with myself and thinking about these different things and realizing where let's say I've been bleeding out, you know, I've been looking for that attention, looking for money to support me in those ways, looking for my mother to support me in those ways, looking to be nurtured in those ways. And now I realize I have to give those areas to myself. I have to be my biggest cheerleader and my biggest fan and supporter. I have to give the little Sunday in me the attention that she craved, the understanding. Ooh, let's just stop there for five seconds. To give myself the understanding that she craved. And by understanding, I literally mean that the little girl in me is listened to, that the woman in me is listened to, that she's not dismissed when she has creative ideas or... I'm excited about something or, you know, I get a spark of creative energy, you know, when it comes to something that I listen to myself, that I fully am engaged and have a wonder and an excitement about the thought that's passing through my brain or whatever it is that I'm excited about. And then if I decide to do it or pursue it, then I'm my biggest fan about it. And it just makes so much sense. Like, I went to these quote-unquote great universities, University of California, Berkeley, and Northwestern University. I've downplayed that so much because I didn't want to come off as arrogant or pompous or whatever. And now I've decided, you know what? I'm going to celebrate it. I'm going to be my biggest fan. What I craved for from my nurturer, my nurturing figure, and my mother was like that applause of like you are that girl. Like my daughter is beautiful and she's smart and she's intelligent and she has these amazing ideas and business ideas and um I support her and I'm going to remind her of the things that she's already accomplished and you know encourage her to keep going and encourage her that the sky is the limit and that she can manifest her dreams and her desires and that it is happening for her and she always lands on her feet and I'm proud of her and all of those things like that's what I craved that level of support and so I realized that as the little girl in me yearned for that that's what the big girl in me gets to give her that's what the woman The practicing woman gets to give to the little girl and me. I get to be her biggest fan. I get to be her supporter. I get to clap for her and applaud for her. I get to celebrate her and promote her unapologetically at all times. I get to be understanding and not judgmental and critical about her decisions and her choices. I get to make decisions that support her dreams and the things that set her heart ablaze without being critical and reasoning her dreams to smithereens (laughs) you know I get to be if I am excited about something that's quote-unquote unlogical then I get to be my biggest supporter and say you know what but it's going to work for you it may not work for these 99 people but you're going to be the one exception and I get to tell myself how beautiful I am how gorgeous I am how in love i am with myself how proud of i how proud i am of myself and so as i start to sit with that i wanted to share that with you i want to encourage you to look at the mother wound and i want to encourage you to look at who was your nurturing figure and specifically your mother as your nurturing figure And I actually want to encourage you to go back a couple of generations if you're able to. I want you to go back to your great-grandmother, your grandmother, and your mother. And if you don't know, that's something to write down and to acknowledge. Because when I sat with it, especially if your mother wound is linked to your finances, I hope that you're motivated, as I'm motivated, to really do some deep introspective work and some deep introspective, to be deeply introspective, and look at how to heal. One, to look at being aware, and two, look at how to heal that area for yourself, how to close that gap so that the little person in you feels loved and feels nurtured in the ways that they crave. Because if you can heal thyself by gifting the thing that you yearn for to yourself, just maybe... If the mother wound is linked to finances, the areas that you begin to give yourself will also increase revenue streams of money into your life and open up the possibility of increased finances flowing to you in your newly healed areas. Why not give it a try? (laughs) And if it doesn't, you'll still be a healthier, whole, more complete person because you decided to heal thyself. And take a look at yourself you'll be a better woman because of it you'll be a better queen because of it you'll be a better wife because of it you'll be a better mother because of it and so when I stopped to look at my mother and her her mother and my grandmother's mother and I was fortunate enough to know my great-grandmother and I know my grandmother and my mom and there are a couple of things, you know, my mother was not raised by my grandmother, you know, well, not consistently raised by my grandmother. She was for a short period of time and then went to go stay with my great grandmother. And my great grandmother was known to be very stern and very strict. But my great grandmother came from the sharecropping era. And so, you know, her parents were likely enslaved. And so she had the opportunity as a young girl to go to school or to work in the fields to help earn money for her household. And she chose to work in the fields and be a sharecropper. That was my great grandmother. My great grandmother birthed my grandmother in the back room of her house on Cotton Avenue in a small town in Alabama my grandmother who is an amazing incredible woman that everybody loves almost leaned the complete opposite like from super strict great grandmother to very open and relaxed and almost like super liberal grandmother who everybody literally loves and adores super caring and loving and kind and you know almost like the complete opposite energy um but she wasn't always consistently there for my mother and so my mother grew up yearning for her mother to be there and not experiencing it. I think my mother yearned for my grandmother's affection, her conversation, and those are the things that I think my mother gives to me so strongly. She is supportive 100% financially uh, with anything me and my brother need, just like my great grandmother was literally the matriarch for so many people she was the financial stable person owned multiple properties like she was my great grandmother was the provider literally for so many of the people in my family my grandmother um is loved and and super caring and you know really kind of walked to the beat of her own drum for a long while um and maybe she I don't know what she craved for actually from my great-grandmother. Maybe she craved for understanding and compassion and, you know, I'm not sure. But my grandmother also only had a, I want to say, third-grade level education. And then my mother... um graduated high school but did not complete college so education was really pushed heavily like you better go get that thing (laughs) because I was the first woman in my family to get a bachelor's and definitely to get a master's and you know but the motherhood wound has been a bit generational for my family and so I had to really look at that and then have compassion for my mom who I think did her best to be the provider but also give the emotional support that I think she craved as a young girl from her own mother and I applaud her for that and so when you begin to start looking at the women in your family whether you knew them or did not know them write those things down look at those things what little that you know about them if you don't really know them Write what you do know and try to imagine putting yourself in that person's shoes and try to imagine the little girl in them and what they may have craved from their mothers. And so I realized that there has been this generational thing in my family and I want to heal it because when it's time for me to have my children, I won't be perfect because I'm human, <laughs> but I hope that my children would feel that they were understood intellectually, emotionally, that they were touched and held, and felt, you know, um, that I was physically affectionate towards them, that they felt provided for. You know, there's a there's times where I have felt like, mm. ooh, this one's kind of hard to say. <laughs> There are times where I have felt like just a dollar to my mother, and I know that intellectually is not the case, but there are times where I have felt that my greatest value and asset is what I can financially contribute to make life easier and when i really sat with that and started looking at my the women in my family generationally i said well my great grandmother was a sharecropper as a child she did financially help bring you know money into her parents household which inevitably helped them live their life and so this generational thing passed down where the child is expected to or maybe not expected to, but maybe has evolved into expected to. The child is expected to help the parent have an easier, better life. And I just, I'm, I'm not saying I have answers with all these things, but I just started to sit and look at them. And I think awareness is a really big piece. And maybe why as a woman in my family, I felt you know, that I have to step into this doing mode of like, okay, why well, I have to do this and do this and do this and get myself set up like this so that I can help this person and that person and this person and that person. And I've always felt like that. I've always felt this like pressure financially to like get somewhere so that I could be of better service to the women in my family, you know, my family in general, even my sibling and my father and all that stuff. So, Yeah. And so I just sat with all this stuff this week. And so I'm sharing all that, opening my life up and really opening my diary, if you will, to encourage you, hopefully, to be raw and naked with yourself. These are not things that are super easy to share. And there may be, you know, people who feel like, oh my God, I can't believe she said that. But I only share my wounds to help bring healing to someone else, not to glorify or to diminish or throw dirt on anyone. Not to make anyone feel bad, especially the women in my family who I love and care about deeply, but to help us see that there's some stuff that we're living out of that really is not our own. There are things that have been passed down there are things that for Black people in America that have even come out of slavery or people from the Caribbean or people from South America, Central America that may be listening, or if you're just someone who came out of the transatlantic slave trade and been displaced from your people anywhere in the world, there may be things that have been passed down generationally to you and you don't know why you feel this pressure. And I think about the larger conversation of Black women In the United States of America, or wherever you are in the world listening to this and how we've achieved so much in education and we're working these jobs and, you know, a lot of us feel like we're swimming upstream, you know, these modern boss babes, but you feel like you're swimming upstream to do what? And women are feeling tired and burnt out and their joy is depleted and we're angry and pissed and dry and frustrated and we're not relaxed and, you know... We're not living in our joy. We're not fully expressed. And some of that has to do with the fact that we've taken on and inherited even some things that really just don't belong to us. They don't belong to us. But we have to sit and be willing to reflect and, you know, dig up and uncover some of the wounds that may be even hard to look at because they may have been caused by women in our family, not to their own fault. You know, I read. I do believe the women in my family gave the best that whatever they thought was their best. I believe that that's what they gave their children. My great grandmother, I think her best was to be a provider. You got a house, you got food on the table. Like you ain't out working in the fields. Like discipline, okay? Like y'all got it easy, right? Like I think she gave her kids what she thought was the best. My grandmother really, I think, craved freedom and, you know, to try to get out of that strictness. And she really craved, I think, the love and understanding from her mother and the compassionate side from her mother. And so I think she tried to give that to her children, but she also did learn, you know, provision and so, there's some areas where my grandma's like always giving to people, and people love my grandmother for that because she's an excellent giver. And because she's an excellent giver, she always receives. I think my great grandmother was an excellent provider, you know, and a homeowner, and just like the ultimate boss babe, you know. Um, and then my mother, I think, gave us the conversation, the, you know, compassion, the physical affection and the love and the presence of actually being there. Like her mother wasn't always in her life consistently. And my mother has always been there consistently for me and my brother. And so I think each woman each woman generationally gave us their best. But there's also areas that I think each woman craved from their mother before them. And so it just takes time for you, especially the women listening to this, to stop and do some reflection. I was motivated to do the reflection because of finances. But beyond finances and desiring you know, multiple streams to open up to me that were channels that were previously closed, I also realized that having this conversation with myself and doing this level of awareness work with myself and now being cognizant of giving the little girl in me this level of support that I felt like I missed This is so critical and so important because when it's time for me to carry a child in my womb, I hope to be more of a whole healed person to be able to be understanding. Well, one, to utilize the things that the women before me, that they did well, that's also my inheritance. My great grandmother was an excellent provider, homeowner, you know, screaming at football games, cheering on her grandson, like, you know, that kind of consistent supporter. Um, Her daughter was born in the back of her house. My mother was born in the back of her grandmother's house, you know, my great grandmother. So there's a legacy piece there. She was a hard worker, and um, I think she was the mother of all mothers. And the areas where she was strict and kind of hard and stern, my grandmother came out and became extremely loving and giving and kind and generous to people and understanding of people and compassionate with people and just less strict, more fun, you know, really is down to earth and people love that about her. And though she was not always there to raise my mother, my mother gave us the gift of being there always, every step of the way having conversation with us letting us know that she loves us verbally by saying I love you which I think is something that she probably craved from her mother that she didn't hear often and the things that I craved from her I can now give to myself and all of the wonderful areas that they did deposit in their children that's also my inheritance to give to my own children to be an excellent provider for them to be down to earth, to be fun, to be giving, to be compassionate, to be understanding, to be non-judgy and non-critical of their life choices, but to be there as a support to them, even financially and through provision. And then to tell them verbally, I love you, and to show them in actions and physical touch that they are cared for, that they are loved, that they are nurtured, um, and to also be there as a provider for them when they need something. And then the areas that I yearned for to be their biggest cheerleader and supporter and to verbally affirm them and to be understanding of them and their dreams and their goals and do everything within my power to encourage them and continue them on their journey. And so if I can really do all of those things, (laughs) I think that maybe I would be a well-rounded mother for my next generation coming through. And so I share that with you. I know that's a lot from my personal diary, but as I open up and share my real raw experience, my prayer is that your wheels are turning in your brain. My prayer is that you're starting to reflect on your relationship with your mother, and you're starting to reflect on her relationship with her mother, and your grandmother's relationship with her mother, and you're starting to see the blessings that have been passed down from generation to generation. And you're also starting to see the trauma that may have been passed down from generation to generation. And you're beginning to become aware. And as you become aware, you now put the key in your hand, as Dabrina so wonderfully states in her book, The Love Lies. There's a key in your pocket, and now the key is in your hand. And you may have been in jail, but you just took the key out of your pocket in your hand, and now you're going to unlock the jail cell with your awareness. And the next step is to give the little girl in you the things that you yearn for from your mother. And that is how you open the door of the jail and walk out into your freedom. So I hope that in this transparency of this episode of me bearing my wounds to you, that it actually has the healing power to transform you and continue to further you on your journey of healing your mother wounds. I love you, Charmers. I can't wait for your feedback. Please let me know how this episode impacts your life. You can message me at Miss Charm School on Instagram or at Sunday Travels. I love you. I love you to life. I love you to healing. I love you to prosperity. I pray that multiple streams of income will continuously flow flow and flood into your life in the best, most juiciest ways when you decide to go ahead and give the little person in you the nurturing that you crave for from your mother. And I pray that in those areas that you now start to tend and water in your garden, that you have a bountiful harvest and that your fruit remains. I literally pray that over myself And I literally do pray for you charmers every day in my sacred space. And I pray that you come into this garden of this podcast, that you eat from the fruit of my life and that you also tend to your own garden and make sure that the soil is fertile and ready to receive the seed. And as you begin to plant seeds in your life and water seeds in your life, and in this episode, we're plucking up weeds that are trying to come into our garden and choke our fruit. And as you begin to pluck up those weeds of healing the old mother wounds, that you would come into your garden and see a place that is flourishing and growing and that other women would come into your life and you will begin to help spread this message of healing and transformation into their lives as well. That's the level of work that we're doing, queens. That's queendom. That's being an excellent queen. That is a modern day boss babe who is is re-engaging her feminine energy, her spirituality, and her sensuality in power and in grace. I love you, Charmers, and I'll talk to you soon. Ciao.